This is the PR Podcast, a show about how public relations helps you tell your story to the world. We talk with great PR practitioners who have the skills, creativity, and just plain savvy to get their clients noticed. Now here's your host, Jody Fisher. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the PR Podcast. I'm Jody Fisher. Thanks for joining us. Well, a PR Podcast plug going out today to our good friend Molly McPherson and her indestructible PR online course. Now, uh, anyone who's followed either of us on social media knows that we are have become fast and, and very good friends. Um, but I got to give her a special shout out today because right before we're taping this episode, I actually taped an episode of her podcast and I was actually on one of her webinars. Um, and the funny thing about it is that... Um, we, we, we went through the, the podcast piece of, the, of what we were taping um, and we sort of set up what we were going to talk about. And here's how you know you're getting old, kids, because we talked about what we were going to say for the, like the stinger, like the end, like the, uh, the, you know, the, the grand finale of the episode. And she said, OK, make sure you talk about this. And we got to the end and I totally forgot what I was going to talk about. Um, and so it was highly embarrassing for me. But I got to plug my friend Molly because she has a terrific uh, online presence. Uh, she's all over social media. Uh, her indestructible PR online course um, is is the best out there. She works in crisis communications and especially averting and recovering from digital crises. Um, so check her out at mollymcpherson.com. Um, dive into her Patreon, sign up for her online courses. She is just uh, a, a real dynamo uh, and a friend of the show. Um, so do yourself a favor and check her out. Now on to our very special guest today. Let's get right into it. John McCartney is founder and agency principal at JMAC PR, where he and his team work with leading brands by providing effective PR and marketing communications to achieve business building objectives. I love that. In his last 20 years, he has led traditional PR and social media campaigns for technology, advertising, marketing, and media brands, and guiding clients to create sustainable awareness, visibility, and thought leadership with integrity, enthusiasm, and professionalism. He's an active member of PRSA and enjoys coaching and mentoring startup founders on best practices in PR. John, welcome to the PR Podcast. Jody, thank you so much. Um, glad to be on. Uh, tell us a little bit about JMAC PR and the way you help your clients achieve their desired success. So um, I started JMAC PR in about uh, February of 2020 or so, uh, right before COVID hit. Um, I've been working in the PR field uh, about 20 plus years at the time. And, you know, I was always in the technology industry and, um, you know, I was at a sort of a, a fork in the road um, and, you know, I didn't know what the future looked. Um, and I said, you know what, let me, you know, work as a PR freelancer. Um, and I uh, picked up a couple of projects and then it just started to snowball in a way. And, Business kept growing uh, towards the end of 2020, you know, go to 2021, more business started to come in and I'm like, well, I need help. And that's when I started to hire my first full-timer and it's been off to the races since, you know, I mean, I think right now as of December 2nd, 2020, um, yeah, we have a combination of 10 team members full and part-timer here and uh, about 12 clients. So uh, it's been pretty good so far. That's fantastic. And and I know the feeling. I mean, despite uh, the ravages of COVID, I have seen the desire for PR from clients actually grow rather than shrink. Um, you know, personally, while I had a couple of clients who may have been challenged to pay the bills, and so they need 
expected to hit the pause button at that time, which is totally understandable. The vast majority leaned in on PR to continue to tell their story and sort of have that dynamic messaging ability um, to be able to continue to talk to people who, you know, obviously were stuck at home uh, or were in reduced capacities and in other ways, um, but still needed to get that message out and, and earned media and PR was definitely the way to go. Did you find the same? Yeah, for sure. And I feel like um, most of the clients that we work with, they are mostly startups um, that are starting their journey. Um, so we're talking about clients who have raised their first round of funding, um, second round of funding. And um, we also work with a number of digital marketing agencies um, only because that's sort of my, my has been my wheelhouse. Um, um, and, and the thing that, that, that I go back to um, as far as PR goes with these businesses, um, it's a need. It is an investment. You know, companies are either providing services or companies are building products and they need um, to tell the marketplace and potential buyers like who they are, what they're doing. Um, and, and we both know how effective PR is um, getting a reporter interested in your story. Um, getting a reporter to include you in like whatever story they're working on. I mean, that, you know, type of earned media awareness um, goes a long way, provides a lot of value. And then also just sort of helping um, our client executives build their executive visibility um, also provides a lot of value. So I do feel like PR is an investment that businesses, even in this sort of um, downturn of the economy, where they're like, well, we do need to budget whatever dollar it is to PR because we just can't function without it. Uh, I love what you're saying there. Absolutely. And, and, you know, my old boss and mentor, Howard Rubenstein, used to say that good press follows good deeds, right? If you do something good, it's not press coming first. It's, it's the deeds that come first. Um, and, and I am personally fond of saying that PR is writing your history, that when you Google somebody, the thing that comes up after the website or the social media is the news coverage. And so anyone who's serious about their, their brand or their voice needs to invest in PR. What does it take in your estimation to steer a client in that right direction of doing good deeds in order to get that good press and, and to write their history? You know, I think there's a couple of things. I think, you know, number one, it's to get their sort of buy-in on how PR works now, um, you know, most of the times when we work with our clients, um, you know, by and large, they're like, you know, either a VP of marketing or director of core comms. So they have some sort of like level set as far as how PR works. Um, and then we sort of come in and say, okay, here's our philosophy as far as best practices for PR. And it's always like, looked at like uh, as parallel tracks, you know, we, we on one track, we, we look at ways where we could um, maximize and start generating that earned media awareness. And we look at a number of different, you know, ways to do that. Um, whether it's, you know, obviously the announcements aspect, there's also something to be said about like looking at their sort of internal data, um, if there's anything there that we can package into a new uh, interesting narrative, um, looking at possible reports and so forth. Um, and then on the other parallel track, it's like building their executive visibility and their thought leadership um, and to um, help position their executives as stakeholders. Um, and that's through like, you know, coming up with some ghostwritten byline articles or getting some of their commentary to anything that's breaking 
uh, news uh, so that they can be included in some of these roundups. But to be able to look at these two pieces and to proactively uh, you know, push our clients you know, to like, this is what we need to keep it going forward, um, you know, and, and to show the value um, when we you know, uh, achieve those types of uh, sort of outcomes, um, it goes a long way. And, um, you know, and, and to your point, it's like you know, you know, searching for companies in Google and then sort of like seeing like articles come up. I mean, that's part of the game that we're playing in. It's helping these companies and brands and executives you know, uh, secure some of these like digital touch points from an earned standpoint so that when a potential client that they're talking to or a potential investor they're talking to, you know, does their research or a reporter, these results will show up and that sort of helps reinforce um, the sort of position of the company and the executive to, uh, to the marketplace. Like, okay, there's some traction there. Um, this company uh, seems legit, this person seems legit, so let's explore this further. Um, you raise a good point about the impact that news coverage will have, not just about on, not just what the public thinks about you, but what about what potential business partners will think about you, whether you're, you're talking about securing funding um, for a startup, whether you're talking about uh, you know, a business relationship, maybe you go into business with another company, acquisitions, you know, M&A, all that kind of stuff. Um, it, have you seen earned media coverage have an impact, whether positive or negative, on a company that you've worked with? Positive or negative? Um, for sure, I mean, I can speak to all the positive stuff. Um, and that's always where we sort of uh, push our clients is to getting that type of positive coverage. Um, but yeah, you know, I think um, getting, um, uh, you know, I remember one example of getting a, a placement for a client um, and then, um, you know, uh, we getting an inbound media request like, hey, I, I read your story. I read your client's uh, mention in this particular story. I'm working on a story here. You know, can can your client help me out? So stuff like that, you know, and, 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 I, and I say this uh, and I've said this to our clients. It's like when we're able to achieve that type of inbound media request, that's sort of like nirvana for us in the PR industry, because now people are like, you know, saying, oh, I, I'm working on this story. I need to talk to your client. You know, I think they would, you know, make a great um, uh, addition to this coverage that we're doing. Um, and also, you know, from a from 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 an investor standpoint, I mean, I think um, you know we've seen you know clients tell us like, yeah, you know, um, you know, we they've gotten some inbound calls from investors because of a story that we placed for them. Um, so, 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 you know, those are some of the good stuff. Um, you know, I can't really think of any sort of like negative aspects because, um, you know, you know, knock on wood, you know, we've done a fairly good job as far as like um, not having to deal with any fires, um, you know, from our clients. Um, um, so, so, so yeah, so it's been pretty positive overall. That's great. That's great. Um, and and you uh, you hit the nail on the head for me too there when you're talking about um, sort of getting to the goal line. I won't say the finish line, but the goal line of um, getting those inbound calls. I, I feel like that's when, and I've worked with plenty of clients who have expressed the same. Um, that's when you know, I think you've achieved a degree of thought leadership in any area. When yeah. a reporter has is reporting on a subject matter area 
and thinks of your client because they read that story, they heard that thing or whatever, and they go, oh, I got to talk to them because they know this area. So I want to put them in, in, in my piece. Yep. And also, Jody, I wanted to follow up on that. I, I just had a thought here. Um, you know, the other aspect as far as doing good work, and I'm just speaking from my team standpoint here, um, you know, I, I pride myself on making sure that the reporters that we, we work with, um, that they, that we provide good value and good service to them. Um, because, you know, there is this element between PR and media uh, from a customer service standpoint, you know, I kind of take a look at, you know, this as sort of um, like going into a restaurant and, you know, you, you know, you want the great experience. Um, and we try to provide that great experience also for reporters that we work with because, you know, it's, you know, because we're working with them on a day-to-day -day basis. So when, when we're able to work with reporters and to help them with their stories, we have seen um, instances and, and currently still see it where we'll get random inbound media uh, inquiries from our clients say, hey, oh, from our reporter friends and say, hey, I'm working on this story. Does any of your clients help, can you, can any of your clients help me with the story or, or put me in touch with someone else? And, and, and that's also uh, sort of nirvana for us and our team because that shows, you know, the perception that reporters have on our team because they know that we have been delivering good sources for them and maybe we can use our network to help them. And I think that's something that I also preach, you know, from a media relations standpoint is like, you know, think about the service that you're providing, not just to your clients, but also to the media context. Because when you're able to provide that standard of excellence uh, with reporters, to provide them with good sources, to provide them with the, 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 the necessary assets for them to do their jobs um, and to file a great story, that goes a long way. And reporters don't forget that. And they will go back to you to say, hey, can you help me out with this story? And I think that's another aspect of Nirvana in PR that I wanted to also mention. Oh, 100%. I absolutely love to hear that. Now, that said uh, about the importance of earned media, right, and the, sort of the authenticity of what an earned media hit or series of placements can do for a client, um, you have also mentioned that you're seeing more publications turning to paid contributor, the paid contributor model. And we've seen this grow a little bit too. And this starts to sort of this starts sort of starts to irk some of us purists in the PR industry, right? Where where we we see publications that are um, basically running ads, advertorials, things like that, and it's kind of masquerading as earned content. And the worst thing that it can do is sort of pull the wool over the eyes of unsuspecting or naive clients who think that if they pay for something that somehow this has in you know and they get this great hit in a you know name your magazine that that somehow has equivalent value to an earned media hit could you talk a little bit about sort of what you're seeing in the industry and and what you're guiding your clients on yeah for sure so i do see this trend of like more publications turning to like a, a paid model um for example like i know forbes has their their council um, membership uh, where uh, you have to one, uh, apply and make sure that you fit the requirements of, as far as what they're looking for to join their council. Plus you need to pay an annual fee. Plus you need to be on the hook to write contributed articles um, you know, per month. Um, you know, Forbes is a great tier one publication. Um, 
So, uh, you know, there is value if people want to go that route. And we've advised clients like, you know, if you want to be a regular contributor to help build your own executive visibility and thought leadership, this is what Forbes is offering. Um, but this is what um, uh, is going to be required. Um, I know also like, you know, other publications like a fast company or an entrepreneur, they also have their sort of like paid uh, contributors model. But I also feel like this is a trend that we're going to be seeing more and more publications do. I know like, um, I think Digiday, because uh, we have a number of uh, uh, clients in the marketing advertising space, um, you know, we cannot go to Digiday from an earned media standpoint to ask them to, to consider publishing a sort of thought leadership piece because to do that, you have to sign up for their digital studio. Um, but there are other media publications in the advertising space like an ad age or an ad week where they will happily accept um, and even ad exchanger um, like uh, a client uh, byline from an earn standpoint. But I do feel like because of the, the, the headwinds from an economic downturn standpoint, and, you know, I mean, I get it, you know, it's business, you know, business, you know, companies need to figure out like, well, we have all this like, you know, uh, sort of um, uh, landscape. Why do we want to give it away for free? So I, from a business standpoint, I get that, but I will always preach, you know, earned. Um, and, 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 you know, and I actually did a recent uh, presentation uh, to um, uh, sort of a tech uh, startup accelerator and said, look, earn, PR is earned, advertising is paid. That's basically the big difference because we get asked all the time, like, oh, what's the difference between advertising and PR? You could pay for media, but we always preach, you know, getting stuff from an earn standpoint. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. I, I also, I feel for the publications that are hurting from a financial standpoint. I get it that they need to raise money. I totally understand they need to bring in revenue. Um, what, what irks me is sometimes when there's a, whether it's a miscommunication or a deliberate deceit that somehow paying for an article in name your publication is somehow equivalent to um, in terms of value, in terms of endorsement value. Um, to mm -hmm. earn media because yeah yeah it sounds like you and I are on the same page yeah um, and, and also that. Jody and, and I and, and I would also follow up here you know I'm also um, one of the big channels um, that my team is focused on and will be more bullish next year um, is sort of the podcast and YouTube arena um, and what we're finding um, as we're pitching our clients to you know these podcasts and some of these YouTubers that some of those um, channels and some of those podcasts um, have said, look, if you want your client to be interviewed on our podcast, um, it will cost you a fee to help offset some of their production costs. So I've run into I that think, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there, that's a trend that I feel that we're going to be seeing more so in the PR industry where you're going to have teams start to provide more resources to pitching these podcasts and YouTubers, because that's also sort of an area of kind of like untapped um, potential for, for clients. Um, and every day there's a new podcast that's being created, you know, I mean, in different industries, but I'll go, you know, also, but, you know, but this goes back to us as uh, PR professionals, we're always looking at, you know, obviously like, okay, here's our client, what are the right channels um, that's ideal for them? And to be able to you know, get their message out to like, you know, these different, like, you know, relevant um, subject areas. Um, and you got to include podcasts and these YouTubers. Um, but I do see like, you know, I do, we have seen like some of these podcasts and YouTubers like, you know, tell us like, yeah, it's going to cost you, but 
But I also feel like that's, you know, whether it's podcasts, YouTubers, or publications, I just feel like you're just going to see more of them sort of go to a paid model, but hopefully not mm-hmm. all of them will go that way. Yeah, I, I agree. I've, I've run into some uh, podcast uh, podcasts that that have said, you know, we we charge to be on here, and they couch it that way as sort of offsetting their fee. And you know, there there are some that charge, you know, seventy five bucks, and okay, whatever. If you want to be there, that's fine. If it makes sense, great. Um, I've seen others that charge thousands, thousands yeah. of dollars. <laughs> um, to which yeah, I advise my client, do you have that money? <laughs> Is it yep. that important to you? Maybe we mm-hmm. could try a different, a different uh, uh, tactic. Um, you're also we're also talking about um, how more platforms you're saying are including writers that compete against Hero uh, or uh, and quoted. Um, which is actually a new one for me when you, when, when you brought that up. Uh, and I actually looked up Quoted and, and it looks pretty interesting. I, I need to dive into it a little bit more. Um, but in terms of doing research and un- uncovering upcoming articles and columns and sort of figuring out you know, where we need to be, we kind of know the outlets, uh, advise our clients on the outlets they need to be in, but you know, the media landscape always changes. And some of these platforms you say kind of uh, kind of help you along that path? Yeah, for sure. You know, so, um, you know, Peter Shankman, you know, God bless you for creating, you know, Harrow many years ago. Um, that think that I think that sort of opened the floodgates. Peter's uh, a friend and he's been on the show before. Yes, yeah, of absolutely. course. You know, um, I remember meeting Peter Shankman 15 in San Francisco. I was part of the San Francisco PRSA chapter and, and we invited Peter to give a presentation to our membership. So it was really good to meet him in person then. But, um, but yeah, you know, I think, you know, we're, we're going to see more of these types of platforms to help us professionals um, uncover some of these upcoming stories um, and, you know, and deadlines. Um, but we also have experienced um, a number of writers who um, have gotten our teams on their in, you know, ma- 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 mailing list to say, hey, you know, here are some stories that, that I'm going to be writing about in the next coming months. You know, feel free to pitch your client you know, if you feel like any of these stories might be a good fit. Um, so yeah, so we're not, so we're, so obviously there's the Harrow platform, the newsletters, uh, Quoted is a great service as well. Um, and now we're seeing like these writers, um, you know, put us on their newsletter list to say, hey, here are some stories that I'm working on. Um, but I also see, you know, this sort of area, you know, just becoming, you know, increasingly busier in the years to come because, um, which bodes well for us PR professionals, because I think that's sort of one of the things that we always strive for is to make sure that we're on top of things, that we, we make sure that, okay, that we see and, and have that visibility as far as what's coming up so that we can share that data and insights with our clients and to work with them to make sure that we get them included for consideration for some of these upcoming stories. It's a great point you bring up too, that it's easy to get lost in this landscape, right? There are so many opportunities and it, and it starts to fall into this, we need to be everywhere philosophy, which I always throw the brakes on, right? No, you don't need to be everywhere. You need to be, to borrow an awful phrase, fishing where the fish are, right? Where your fish are. Um, how do you counsel your clients uh, to, to talk them off that we need to be everywhere ledge and sort of prioritize um, what they want to accomplish or the stories that they want to tell or the outlets they want to be in. I mean, how do you, you know, from 30,000 feet, maybe, how do you walk that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think for each client, we have our list of like, you know, top media publications that absolutely, you know, 
is sort of like on our sort of target list that we need to strive to get some kind of earned media coverage in these these listed publications and and we arrive at these publications because you know based on uh, their industry the audiences they're going after so um so so there's that element um i think you know we also counsel our clients is sort of like figuring out like okay what exactly are we sort of like um trying to achieve from a narrative standpoint you know we have our like each client has like different like uh, subject matter experts who can speak to certain topics and themes. Um, so we want to make sure that, okay, we look at those spokespeople and we, we also look to see like, okay, what are we doing from a team standpoint to help ensure that through cadence and, and repetition um, that um, these subject matter experts are, you know, still top of mind uh, to these reporters. Um, and then the other thought that we give to our clients here is that yes, you can't be everywhere at, at you know all the time. Like um, like for example, um, I had a a call um, with a client about like the New York Times, and they're like, oh, you know, how come we can't be in the New York Times, you know, every week? And we're like, um, can we just, you know, unpack that question? I mean, that's number one, that's not possible, um, but. Number two, let's look at what we have um, that would be suitable for the New York Times. And we, and we use that as a touch point to uh, resurface um, the sort of necessary things that we would need from our clients to make this work. And again, I go back to the restaurant analogy. You want a good meal, um, you know, and so you would want some like these good ingredients. So that's sort of like how we, um, counsel our clients to say, look, you know, um, we can't be everywhere at once, but, you know, here's what we need for each individual publication to really make it work based on the stories that they're writing. Um, and, and, and it's also sort of like um, uh, deconstructing like how e each publication, um, you know, produces their stories because each publication has their, their different style and approach. Yeah, hundred percent. I usually take the tactic of uh, of sort of going around the horn, if you will. You know, okay, you were let, let's set up a cadence, and I love to hear you say that that word cadence. Let's set up a cadence where okay, we're pitching this story to this publication this week, and then we're going to the next one, then we're going to the next one. And if you get lucky, you can sort of set up that that wave going around the the sports stadium, if you will, where you're in this publication this week, and one the next week, or one the next month, or one the next. Yeah, and and it and it builds and it creates this cadence that feels like you're out there all the time, um, and I think that can be really. Yep, for sure, Joe. And 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 a follow up thought here is like, and and I and we've counseled our clients this. Look, we we will do what we can to help drive that earned media awareness and that executive visibility. But from a business standpoint, we want to also you know check with our clients to see like, okay, we're getting you all this coverage how, how is the biz, biz dev working out? You know, I mean, you know, talk to us as far as like, you know, how are your sales looking? You know, um, you know, any inbounds are, you, you know, are you pitching to these clients? Are you selling to clients? You know, tell, you know, talk to us because, you know, because I have heard over the years, like, oh yeah, you know, PR, um, you know, a lot of benefits for sure. And we will do what we can to help build that awareness and visibility. But, you know, from a business standpoint, you know, there are other levers at place to help, you know, produce a sale, to help produce a, a round of funding. 
Um, and you know, PR is just one element of the marketing sort of solar system is what I like to call, you know, so, you know, we also want to make sure like, you know, what else is being done to help our clients, you know, um, achieve their own uh, business building objectives. And, and, you know, we're happy to hear like our clients, you know, have other um, uh, uh, lovers at play, like, you know, they're sort of like demand gen or, you know, social, um, you know, SEO. So, um, and it's good to see that all of that is coming because I also want to throw out uh, another belief that I have, which is the, the peso model, which, you know, some folks, um, you know, know about like the paid media, the earned media, the social media, um, and the own media. And I've always believed and, and preached, you know, the pace of model, like when you have all those four different media aspects working together, um, it increases the success rate of a marketing standpoint, you know, X percent. So um, that's something else that we also advise our clients to look at, you know, what are we doing from a peso media standpoint? Sounds good. Sounds like you're providing some really great counsel for your clients. Well, John, this has been a great conversation. We're going to segue now into the rapid fire question portion of our podcast. This is where we steal a page from inside the actor studio and ask our guests a series of rapid fire questions meant to elicit a simple answer, maybe a laugh or two. So with your indulgence, John, here we go. Rapid fire question. Number one, what's your favorite news source? Oof, favorite news source. Um, I, it's like picking your favorite child. I, I can't, you know, I mean, I can tell you what my daily habit is. So I wake up to KNX radio in Los Angeles to sort of wake me up to the news that's happening. And then I'll switch over to NPR um, unless it's them. Um, and then like during the day, I will stream Bloomberg television just to keep uh, tabs on the market. Um, and then, you know, and then I'll read the New York Times or Wall Street Journal. Um, and then, um, yeah, those are some of the top publications and outlets that I consume on a daily basis. Sounds like you got it all knocked. Rapid fire question number two, what's your favorite social media platform? Well, and again, you know, I need to unpack that in certain ways. So, um, you know, for me, it's LinkedIn. Um, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I'm always on LinkedIn, logged on, um, responding to messages, engaging with posts. So that's sort of like my go-to number one. Um, and then from an entertainment standpoint, TikTok for sure. Um, and, and also Instagram. Um, I think um, those would be the top three that I would say. Um, I mean, I'm on Twitter, but I'm just not active on Twitter. Um, it's just too noisy. Um, and Facebook, you know, I, I think um, I will say, um, that um, the past couple of years, um, I've been turned off by Facebook because of all the rhetoric that I'm seeing. And, and unfortunately, and I'm sure your listeners have gone through this as well, where, you know, the election a couple of years ago, it, you know, it was a very tense moment. And, and fortunately, you know, I had to like unfriend, you know, some family members because, of, you know, we just had different beliefs. So, yeah. Yeah, it can be a challenge for sure. Rapid fire question number three, coffee or alcohol? Uh, both. There you go. Nice. That's a one word answer. I love it. I love it. Rapid fire. And this, this one can be a longer one though. And I want to hear about this one because you're in LA, you got some great food. So rapid fire question number four, what's your favorite on the run food? 
Oh, favorite on the run food, um, tacos. I mean, I am blessed to be living in Los Angeles, which I feel has the best tacos in the country. Um, and I have a uh, Mexican street taco stand uh, down the block from my apartment in Los Angeles. And yeah, I'll go there at least once a week for street tacos. Nice. You want to name drop that shop? Go ahead. I don't have the name of it. It's just, Oh, so you good. just know where it is. That's even I just better. know it is. It's on the corner of fourth and Western. <laughs> okay. All right. So if you're in LA, check it out. All right. Very good. And rapid fire. And I I'll back you up too on the best tacos. You do have the best time. New York has the best pizza, but you guys got the market cornered on the tacos. Rapid fire question. Number five, uh, John, what do you want to be after you finish this career? So I've always said uh, from an ideal standpoint, um, would love to retire at 65. And I don't know where this business will be at the time. Um, but after retirement, I mean, once I retire, I love to travel. I have a passion for travel, as many of my friends know. Um, I, you know, I just love flying to different places and just experiencing like the culture, the landscape and, um, you know, Anthony Bourdain is one of my favorite, you know, people and just watching his shows and reading his books, it just gave me new profound uh, respect and interest for, you know, travel. So I would do more travel. Yeah, that sort of would be my next chapter um, post work, so to speak. Okay. That sounds good. We'll see you on the road. John, this has been a great conversation. Please let people know how they can find you online. Sure, you know, uh, uh, jmacpr, so it's jmacpr.com, j-m-a-c-p-r.com. Uh, you can look for me on LinkedIn, John McCartney, jmacpr. And um, yeah, that's how you can find me. That sounds good, John. Thanks again. And thank you everyone for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the show, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the PR Podcast, and send us a question or a comment. Our intro is by Christopher Apple. You can find him and his fantastic photography on Instagram at Christopher underscore A-P-P-O-L-D-T. Check him out there and hire him for all your photography needs. You can find me online at Jody Fisher on all the socials and on the web at JodyFisherPR.com. We'll see you next time on the PR Podcast. Mm -hmm.